What's up, everybody? This is Grant, Deck Cause Artist. Welcome to another episode of the Disruptors for Good podcast. Today, we are speaking with Lori Ann Ainsworth, the CEO of the Branson Center of Entrepreneurship, which is inspiring tech entrepreneurs in the Caribbean islands. And it was started by Richard Branson um, over a decade ago, well, almost a decade ago, in 2011, in Kingston, Jamaica. So there's an incredible tech accelerator hub in Kingston, Jamaica, you know, built uh, by Richard Branson and his vision and sort of we're going to talk to Lori about the ongoing vision of her being CEO there and and looking at all these dynamic entrepreneurs coming through not only Jamaica but throughout the Caribbean islands. Um, She touches on a ton of different ideas coming from all the islands across the Caribbean so it's really fun to speak about because I love tech, I love entrepreneurship, and I love the Caribbean islands. (laughs) It's a amazing place to go and it's it's refreshing and and inspiring to see this sort of being a hub now for for technology and entrepreneurship and figuring out ways to solve some of the problems that uh, the Caribbean has because they are a lot of water around them. So we need to make sure that you know these islands still exist in hundreds of years. You know, due to climate change, there needs to be some real advancements in, in technology, and who better to do it than the community that lives there already? So it's pretty it's pretty awesome to see that. Uh, the center was built and it's sort of training, I think now over 2,100 entrepreneurs and have invested a, a over a million dollars into um, the entrepreneurs that have come through the center over the years. As always, with any questions or comments, just grant at causeartists.com. If you're listening on an iPhone, uh, please review um, from the podcast store. That helps us tremendously. Um, if you want to learn more about impactrecipe.com, which is the service that I offer, which is high-end web development and design for free to nonprofits and social ventures and social enterprises, impact investors, whatever it may be. Um, you can reach out to me there too, hi at impactrecipe.com to, little, to learn a little bit more about that service. But hope everybody's staying healthy, um, staying safe. Hope you enjoyed the interview and we'll see you next time. Thanks. So how I usually like to to start every episode off is about an individual's journey on how they sort of get to where where they are. And we talking talking previously a little bit, you you kind of have an interesting background where you've been kind of all over the world a little bit and then kind of you know settled now in in, in Jamaica at, yeah. at the at the center. And it's uh talk a little bit about that journey that kind of led you to be uh CEO now of the Branson Center. I am from Jamaica and I studied at the University of Toronto. So I went to Canada, did my studies there and I came home, but I still had that yearning to kind of explore and travel. It was something that was calling me. So I ended up going to South Korea for a year, Mm -hmm. working there, you know, learning a new culture. It was really exciting for me. And then I was ready to come home. And I knew at that point that I was ready to settle. And once I got home, I started my career actually in marketing. Uh, I was a marketer for several years. And yet I was still always intrigued by entrepreneurship. I was Mm -hmm. always intrigued by just being able to create something and live from your creation. So entrepreneurship was always something in the back of my mind. And from there, I actually started to learn more about digital marketing and Mm -hmm. online businesses, sales funnels. And I actually created, I think, one of the Caribbean's 
first um, online <laughs> summit, I think one. It was it was like back in 2015. There have been yeah. quite a few now, but at that time I created what was the Sales Funnel Summit. And I was tapping into all of these global entrepreneurs who are creating businesses online. And I was interviewing them, creating this whole online summit. And I just started diving into the world of entrepreneurship, created this group called the Female Entrepreneurs Lounge, where I gathered all these women together to support them to kind of live their dream, you know, become an entrepreneur and live out your passion. I was very much into that. And when I started on that journey, I actually left my job. I left the corporate Mm. world. I had no idea what I was going to do. (laughs) Always fun. Always fun to deal with. (laughs) <laughs> Always fun. And the worst part, I had just become a mom. So I was oh, like, okay. people are, yeah, people ask me, are you crazy? Like you just became a mom, yeah. you just have responsibility and you're leaving your corporate job. But I left it. I started my own marketing agency. And from there, I actually got a job. Well, it was supposed to be a consultancy with a tech accelerator again, in the entrepreneurship field. I was really intrigued by this, as I keep saying. So I went to this tech, um, this tech accelerator here in Jamaica, and I started working with entrepreneurs. I started um, coaching them, mentoring them. I even started working with another program called the Caribbean Tech Entrepreneurship Program. Just working with entrepreneurs in this space really had me it was, I was living my passion. And one day I was at a farmer's market and the then CEO of the Branson Center, she had just become the CEO, saw me at the farmer's market and she's like, Lorian, I'm moving the Branson Center from Montego Bay to Kingston. You have to come and work with me. So <laughs> that's actually how I started working at the Branson Center from the farmer's market. I was like, sure, no problem. I mean, the Branson Center was just an amazing brand. And so I went to the Branson Center, started working there <laughs> as the development and communications director, doing marketing and fundraising for the center. And two and a half, later, two and a half years later, I'm the CEO. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So let's give, give everybody an idea of what, I guess, the center like was initially when it first came. Right. And then maybe what it is now, if there's been some transitions, but I guess, what does it, what does it mean to like the sort of Caribbean community to have something like that there, right? I would imagine there hasn't been something like this in the Caribbean before. I mean, I could definitely be wrong, obviously, but it does I have never heard of, of, right. of another sort of center for entrepreneurship quite like this in that in the area. Right. Yeah, great question. So let me start at the beginning with Branson Center started in 2011 in Montego Bay. So Richard Branson came here and opened up this center to support entrepreneurs in the startup phase to create businesses. And, you know, the Branson Center really is there to support the Caribbean to create economic growth because Mm -hmm. we believe that economic growth is going to happen through job creation. And the best way to have more jobs being available is to have new businesses Mm -hmm. start up. And the best way to do that is startup ideas from entrepreneurs and we're very creative here in the caribbean this was a brilliant idea to bring this kind of um, structure here to the caribbean of course we've always had other business enablers um, in a more academic and structured way Mm -hmm. i guess not as screw business as usual as richard branson likes to say (laughs) you know (laughs) so it was really novel bringing that kind of uh, freedom and business 
all in one package. It was just the excitement of how can you create a business that concentrates on the triple P bottom line, you know, mm -hmm. people, planet mm -hmm. and profit. And that's what we look for when we bring entrepreneurs into our program. But again, so when we started in 2011, we were helping startup entrepreneurs, businesses who were just getting off the ground. Mm -hmm. About in 2018, we shifted strategy uh, with a new CEO, the then CEO who, who, who picked me up at the farmer's market. <laughs> she, <laughs> she shifted the strategy um, when we moved to Kingston to support scale-up entrepreneurs because what was happening is more, more incubators and more business development um, organizations were popping up in the Caribbean. It started to grow. The whole ecosystem was starting wow. to buzz, right? So yeah. we found that there were just a lot more people that were supporting. So we were thought, okay, how can we shift? How can we... How can we still be of value? Is there a gap, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we found that the gap was helping those entrepreneurs who had crossed that chasm of just starting up, but they were actually getting traction. You know, they were, they had good revenue, consistent revenue. And how could we help them to go even further? Because we were looking at how can we ensure that we're supporting the economy by creating even more jobs. And so we thought the hypothesis then was if we are able to help entrepreneurs in the growth stage scale their businesses, it means that we're going to be seeing more transactions with equity investment. We're going to be seeing more jobs created because they can utilize that capital to grow even more and more jobs will, will, um, will emerge from that. And so we shifted our strategy three years ago or a little bit more than three years to start helping that group of entrepreneurs. Interesting. So what are what are some of the other specific sectors in the Caribbean that are creating more entrepreneurs and others like food or agriculture or tourism? Is there, I guess that's right. sort of what the growth or the, the economics come from right now, specifically in the Caribbean is, is sort of those things. But what is that mostly what ideas are, are, are being scaled? Is it sort of businesses that are around those sort of traditional areas in Jamaica or the Caribbean or is it other like far out crazy ideas that like <laughs> would even be strange in America or Europe <laughs> well I mean interestingly enough like we at the center were industry agnostic so you know we look for entrepreneurs across the board but what's doing really well is manufacturing and tech yes mm -hmm. businesses do well but I find that from an accelerator perspective and what, you know, investors are really looking at, we see a lot more interest in the tech and manufacturing space. Right now, you know, there's a big interest in the education space as well, mm -hmm. particularly, mm -hmm. you know, from the tech-enabled business um, perspective. So, yeah, we're seeing even the creative industries are now starting to take shape. And so we at the center try to, try to have a nice group where we have, you know, different sectors represented so that we can see how the growth is for everyone. I mean, we've had a tech business that's just doing super well. It was just a crazy idea that they had, you know, they're doing, <laughs> um, they're doing insights. And, you know, in Jamaica, we're developing and we're not as um, advanced as some other areas like Silicon Valley, etc., but bringing some of the technology that we've seen around the world that's working there, sometimes a little bit of a crazy idea here, you know, because it takes a while for us to get that kind of user adoption. Sure. But we've been seeing some traction with that, particularly in the tech space. And so, I mean, yeah, we're, we're definitely sector agnostic, but 
we would love to see more of a creative space because you know Jamaica is just and the Caribbean is just so known for our creative people, our music, yeah. etc. So mm-hmm. we'd love to see more of that um, emerge throughout these accelerator, throughout our accelerator and others. What are some of like the areas of maybe not issues, but like areas where there are problems that need to be solved, right? Like, is it, would you say like the environment? Is it agriculture? Is it uh, clean water? Is it, you know, clean air? Is it, you know, ocean protection? Is, you know, yeah. what what are some of like the main things that maybe Jamaica deal with, but the entire Caribbean probably deals with the similar issues? Um, what are some of those like ping points that like entrepreneurs can solve, right? Or need to need to get solved? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now, I'm glad you tapped on that. We have a blue economy stream because climate change is affecting everyone, right? Mm -hmm. We live in the Caribbean where we're surrounded by 70% water, if not more. Mm -hmm. And so climate change, we saw that happen several years ago, a few years ago with hurricanes Irma and Maria, where we actually had our operation, we had an operation in the BVI and we had entrepreneurs there whose businesses were just completely wiped out. Right. Our, our founder, Richard Branson, his home was completely wiped out, right? And so for us in the Caribbean, I think having a climate smart zone is a big pain point that we all, it, it affects so many other sectors. You know, right. hurricane comes in, it destroys everything. You're talking about destroying the manufacturing industry. You're talking about agriculture tourism there's so mm-hmm. many industries that get affected by that so that's something that's one of the challenges that we've been focusing in on and so we do have a blue economy um, stream where we support blue economy entrepreneurs who are doing great things to protect our food security nutrition and the livelihood mm-hmm. of you know the blue economy and so I think that's one in particular that I would I would really want to highlight like entrepreneurs like <laughs> knock on the door, right? Or, or they, they fill out like a sort of application. What is, is there usually, are they coming out of universities? Are they coming out of like sort of, uh, you know, local Caribbean universities and they sort of have an idea or is it people, do you have people coming outside of the Caribbean, you know, that maybe move there, right? Or something like that and kind of, and, and kind of see something, oh, we could solve for this, right? And maybe sort of other people like coming in and they fall in love with the with the area, like, I do. I, I love the Caribbean. Like, <laughs> right. It's it's just an amazing, amazing place. We have to figure out how to like sustain these islands because there's no other place like it on earth, right? Like right. The, the water and the land, it's just, it's unbelievable. So I know there's probably like individuals <laughs> that come in like, like Richard Branson, right? Like he's, right. he's probably a good case that came in and fell in love and wanted to open this. But do you see other people doing that, um, coming in and sort of looking at things and being like, you know, hey, I want to be, I might not be a native of the Caribbean, right? But I want to come and help out. Do you see that at all? Yeah, I mean, we do see it um, to an extent. We we have an amazing pool of mentors. And those are, we have quite a few people globally who do Mm -hmm. have that very same outlook, who want to help, who want to support the Caribbean and Caribbean entrepreneurs. And so we're seeing more from the perspective of mentorship versus applicants to our program. We get hundreds of applications for our cohorts, but we get a lot of requests for people who just want to support. I mean, and right yeah. now, during this period of time, this global pandemic, I have just been inundated with support. It's amazing. Mm. You know, people from around the world who are 
either going on unpaid leave or, you know, are on lockdown. They're just like, hey, how can I help? I'm a right. accountant or, you know, I'm a lawyer or I'm a this. I can help, you know, and it's amazing because people do want to help the Caribbean. I mean, we would love to put more of a spotlight on what we're doing at the center because we do, we're a nonprofit, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. We so we rely on donations, we rely on people who are interested in what we're doing and who are aligned with our mission to help us. So we always want to put the spotlight on what we're doing. We would love for more people to see what we're doing and see the impact of it because I think because entrepreneurship has been around for so long, or you know, these accelerators, there's so many tech accel I mean accelerators um in the States, Canada and yep. you know, Europe, that it's kind of becoming Oh, it's another, you know, right. entrepreneurship program, right. you know, but I think in the Caribbean, it's a very different reality that we have because we have entrepreneurs who are coming to our program, who are helping people's lives. Like literally they're able to employ people to right. put food on the table for their family. So it's, it's more than just an idea and let's see what happens. You know, it's more than just, you know, a brilliant university student who wants to see if this idea is going to work we're finding that our entrepreneurs are like averaging their mid to late 30s and 40s you know these are people who are yeah. who have been in the corporate world who are who are following a passion now and have employed people and this is their full-time job so i mean all that to say i think we could do with more exposure and particularly for what we're doing here in the Caribbean. And I'd love more support from people, even, you know, just calling us and saying, Hey, how can I help? You know, what could I do with my own talents or skills? Right. Yeah. yeah it was a great, it's a great point you made. And uh, I want to shout out a previous <laughs> guest I had who said something similar. Uh, Alex Stephanie, who's the founder of beam where they created, <laughs> they created basically software to like, educate uh homeless individuals mm, and to like yeah. train them and basically go have them go through an accelerator to That's learn a, learn a skill right and mm. he said something a little bit similar where it was like you know silicon valley and all these sort of big you know tech hubs have only created amazing products mm -hmm. for people who can like afford them yeah. right and it was like we need to start making these amazing products for people who aren't in the same position as people right. in Silicon Valley. Right. And he was like, this technology is valuable everywhere. Right. But we have to start making it for, you know, not to say, Oh, we want to, we want to make this because we want billions of users or millions of users. Well, yeah. But if you only have like 5,000 users, but guess what? <laughs> in like in the Caribbean, like if you have 5,000 users on something like that's going to employ like, an entire family. Yeah, right? exactly. Right. So I, I like I like the point you made there. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. You know, make that accessible. And I mean, that's something that we do at the Branson Center because our program is completely free of cost to our entrepreneurs. So through our great sponsors and donors, we're able to put together this amazing program that helps them to grow their businesses. And it's completely it's we it's a scholarship that we're offering to them you know and so yeah i think it's important because we'll see amazing ideas we'll see these businesses grow exponentially and be able to employ so many more people and just touch so many more lives i think there's a place for everything in this world um and so yeah i, I think that's a great idea what what that other guest is doing <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what are some of the like 
like when a person comes on board, right? They they sort of fill out an application, they get uh, accepted, so to speak. What happens today? Could you just take us a little bit through like the program and what it sure. actually entails? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so we get a lot of applications. So we get hundreds of applications um, per cycle, and we've been working with a two cohort cycle per year. And because we want to support entrepreneurs to really grow their businesses, we've been concentrating on roughly 20 entrepreneurs per, per cohort. So that's 40 for the year. And that's just within our accelerator program, not our general support outward through other platforms. But once they get accepted, they go through our three pronged approach. Our first approach is training. And through training, they get they go through what we call our investment readiness boot camp, where we support them to understand their numbers, understand what it means to go in front of an investor and pitch for investment. So right. this is a very rigorous um, boot camp that we put them through that takes place over a number of weeks because Unlike startup entrepreneurs, our entrepreneurs who are in the growth stage actually have businesses that they're running every day with employees. So we can't take them out of their business life every single day throughout our program. So we stretch it out for them. They go through, they learn about their their accounting, they learn about valuation. There's so much they learn about in the investment readiness bootcamp and they learn how to pitch, right? So tell their story, how to communicate, you know, how to communicate their business to an investor who has absolutely no idea what they do. And that's such <laughs> a critical part. Yeah. Such yeah. a critical part of the process. You'd be surprised. Like you could have the most amazing business that has, you know, fantastic revenue and profits. And if you're just not able to communicate what it is you do and what right. value you bring and what growth you expect, you know, what are the opportunities that you're going to seize, you've just you've lost people and it's not just from the investor perspective we're talking about clients too you know if you're trying to get business you have to be able to do that sure so they learn all of that in our boot camp so we have workshops as well which all comprise our training component we also have a virtual platform that we've developed that has over 300 pieces of content that's used to support them throughout our program so they get their training then they go through what we call our mentorship where we give them uh, an advisory board. So we give them four, a four-member advisory board, teaching them about corporate governance and how to run a business with a board. So through that process, we match our entrepreneurs based on psychometric tests and based on what their needs are and who are the same mentors I was mentioning earlier, you know, who have these skill sets like financial coach or marketer, um, even a life coach, you know, so we, we pair those those coaches and mentors with the entrepreneurs. So they have their own little advisory board that they can touch base with and ensure that they're kept, ac- the entrepreneurs kept accountable to fulfill their goals and keep their eye focused on the goal. And so that's a mentorship, which is the second part. And the third part is the actual access to finance. So after they've gone through mm. our entire program, They've created this amazing pitch deck that, and, and growth over the six-month period. They're able to go into a room of investors that we've actually curated ourselves. So mm. we have our own little venture group inside of a room, and the entrepreneurs are able to pitch for capital. And that's just from our, our perspective in-house, but we also look for other opportunities. So we have partnerships with other angel investors and other grant opportunities that we work with our entrepreneurs to apply for and, and pitch and um, 
to support them in getting capital if that's a route that they want to take. So that's our three-pronged approach. So for the six months, that's what life would look like for them, going through <laughs> these various trainings, um, having their mentorship relationship with their um, advisory board, and a lot, a lot, a lot of pitch prep to go into that room to pitch their, their business. Yeah, it's a... Uh, somebody put it to me a, a good way a while back is that pitching is like uh stand-up comedy it's like you want to <laughs> you need to do it you need to do it yeah. and practice it like so many times right yes. you need to get the kinks out and it's like being in front of people and pitching it to get it oh, down yeah. correctly is it, it's it was a great point because like it is the, it is very similar there's no other way to kind of perfect it rather than just like practicing in you front have of to people. Do it. You got to do it. You got to get yeah, like instant it. feedback and then you just have to be repetitive and keep doing it and keep doing it until that last time when you walk into the room when it's for real, you're you're prepared because it's yeah. if you if you feel like you're prepared, that's when you become confident and you can deliver the message in a better way, right? If you if you're there and you and you feel like yeah. you're you're not ready, you're not prepared, you become nervous and anxious and that's when things start to fall apart, you yeah, know, in, exactly. the, in the room. Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What, I mean, it's, so it's, it's, it can be nerve wracking walking into a room with investors. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What's uh, I don't, I don't want to say favorites, but like, mm. what are some of the cool ideas that you've seen come through the door and, you know, kind of be mm-hmm. successful or like case studies that for the yeah. center that be like, look, you know, so-and-so came through, they were here and now they're there and now they're here. Like, what are some of like successors, but also like the ideas of like actual businesses coming through the center, you know, and ideas. Yeah, absolutely. So we have, we, I always talk about this um, particular company. There's an entrepreneur we have called Conrad Mathis and he has, he started with the Branson Center when we were actually as a startup in the startup phase. And so he came in, no revenues, was just, you know, coming with an idea and he had actually started to do marketing, have a marketing agency supporting social media support. He did so well and he was able to really take the training and the learning and be strategic about how he grew his business, how he shifted his business model, that he was able to come back for our second accelerator program because he was able to qualify to now mm-hmm. be in the scale-up stage. And the beautiful thing about him is that he has employed so many people. I mean, he was able to grow his business. He was able to get university students, give them experience and exposure, give them jobs that setting them up for success later on. I think he's just a fantastic story. He then pivoted into doing more um, artificial intelligence, you know, supporting Mm -hmm. his businesses with chatbots, et cetera. I know that's not something absolutely new, but, what he was doing was novel for um, at the time when he started that here in the Caribbean and just right. supporting his his own database and his own clients with meeting their needs. So he's one. Another one is Blue Dot Data. So again, same thing. He came in as a startup with an idea and he's now all over the place in Jamaica. Like everybody's interviewing him. Everybody's interviewing him. He's been able to get investment. 
He has amazing partners who are coming on board and now he's doing such great philanthropic work that it's amazing to see his his growth and transition. So his business does insights using data analysis to support his businesses, to support his clients to make better decisions, particularly um, from a marketing standpoint. So it's using data intelligence to to support those um, those clients. But I think that it's just his growth that, that has been amazing. And right now we have other entrepreneurs that I want to mention in our Blue Economy program. So our Blue Economy program wasn't, we didn't view it in the same way we did with our growth stage because we recognized that we had to address what was happening around the Caribbean, around the world with this climate change. And so we mm-hmm. partnered with um, the Caribbean Climate Smart Accelerator, which is another accelerator that Richard nice. Branson um, started to address climate change. And so we partnered with them and Ocean Unite. And so we we accepted a whole group of blue economy entrepreneurs. And one of them is actually creating plastic from biodegradable plastic, plastic that can mm. break down within six months. And he's making amazing. that from, yeah, it's really amazing making it from local products. Um, completely green and I think it's fantastic so I just really wanted to mention him as one of those that I think is going to be a great story coming out of the Branson Center but I mean it's still early days with him you know what's it called I mean do they actually have a JA Bioplastics so yeah JA Bioplastics yeah he's still in um, early phases, but just a brilliant guy coming out yeah. of university and, you know, trying to address a real problem, you know, plastic in the oceans, utilizing products that we have here. Other entrepreneurs I'm seeing who are taking sargassum, which is, you know, taking over the beaches and they're creating mm-hmm. either plastic from the sargassum or feed for goats. Um, just being very creative um utilizing what we have here utilizing our own resources to really make a difference and i mean of course i think there are other entrepreneurs that are doing things that may not be as creative but i think are just so important like cleaning up our harbors you know there's so many opportunities we have an entrepreneur right now in our cohort who's you know his focus his name is michael mccarthy and he has clean harbor he's focusing on cleaning up jamaica's harbors and I think that's so needed. Yeah. And those are the things that we want to see more of, you know? Yeah, sometimes it doesn't have to be the new crazy yeah. idea or material. Like it can be very a simple thing that's just not occurring that exactly. you know somebody needs to <laughs> exactly. to take on, right? It might be it might sound boring and look boring, but you know, I think it's fine creative ways to show how why and this is so important, right? Exactly. And that's I love to hear. I love to hear those those little things where <laughs> it doesn't it's not it doesn't sound like this amazing thing, but it's it's uh it's the impact. It's yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing when you think about it. So kudos to to yeah. him. That's awesome. I love the I love the J plastic. So like that's uh to me that we see that problem, you yeah. know, starting to erupt and affect sort of everybody around the world in different ways where, you know, plastic consumption and then waste is just it's just a glo- it's just a global issue now. It's just figuring yeah, out what we can do to combat that problem because it's just going to it's just going to keep getting worse if there's not problem solvers and, and creative ideas out there to to exactly. combat just just the massive amount of, of problem that 
that occurs, you know, when, when we have our oceans and not even that, just land too, you know, when we're dumping it in landfills and we're, if we're burning it, like there's people living <laughs> around these areas, right. Yeah. And they're going to ingest this, uh, all these chemicals from the fire and the smoke. And it's just, it's just, uh, it can get really nasty. Absolutely. And I think it's important that we have, that we, that we support these entrepreneurs as well. You know, as you said, I think that's a great point. It's not just looking for the next big idea, you know, the unicorn, but it's exactly. looking for yeah. who's going to make the impact. And I, again, you know, just as I said at the beginning of, of, of our talk, we're looking at the triple P bottom line, you know, people, planet, profit. So it's really important that we focus on entrepreneurs who are doing great things and have the potential to scale it. So, yeah. You mentioned that there's, you know, people from all over the islands that sort of apply and are a part of the center. What is it? How is the program different for them, right? If you're in Trinidad or St. Martin's or the Bahamas or something, what's what is the what is the sort of program like for them? And do they yeah. sort of pitch investors at the end of the day? Do they pitch them via you know, a Zoom video conferencing, or do they actually come? Like, how, how does it work for people that are not on not in Jamaica? Yeah, the great thing for us is that we've always had a hybrid approach. So we've always had a partial online, partial in-person. So when we started, we tried to just utilize technology so we can maximize our reach. And we started this year with a cohort, some in Trinidad, some in Belize, some in Barbados. And Mm -hmm. we patched them in as if they were here in our center in our workshop, utilizing, you know, technology, like video conferencing and so forth. So they were able to participate. We ensured that we had someone moderating the calls and just ensuring that our um, our facilitators were aware. So it felt almost like they were there in the room because we were, were so cognizant of them being there. But now we've actually moved our program 100% online. So right. everybody, so everybody <laughs> has the same experience. So it wasn't it wasn't so bad at all. And I know I think though that our participants who are online feel like it's more of um, a level field. I mean, we were doing pitching with them online. We allowed them to just get on, utilize the video cameras, um, the video conferencing, and we did our pitches. So yeah, I don't it, it didn't stop us and we're just going to maximize um, technology to ensure that we continue meeting our deliverables and achieving our goals. And do you see a lot of the startups coming from the other islands being tech-based as well, or there, or there are some, you know, manufacturing and, and more the the uh, the blue companies that you were talking about. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing them from all over. Um, again, industries. What I find is that we have very similar businesses, like business ideas across the islands because I think the islands are so similar that we have very similar problems so everyone is trying to mm-hmm. solve right. their problem so you find that we have a lot of the same what we do find though is that a lot of businesses are becoming tech enabled so whether you're in um, manufacturing or you're in agriculture there's usually some tech component to it so I would say all of the entrepreneurs that are coming out of the other Caribbean islands outside of Jamaica are very similar in terms of manufacturing agriculture technology etc yeah what is sort of the the bandwidth for the islands from a tech standpoint is it like 4g is it is there 5g going to sprinkle out somewhere is like how is the networks i've obviously looked since 2011 Mm -hmm. 
it's a that's a that's a <laughs> might as well be a century in technology time, right? So almost ten years, I'm sure. Sort of the ability and access to Wi-Fi and sort of broadband at a higher level has definitely improved the companies being started up, right? Because yeah. you can't. 2011, you probably couldn't have had that data analytics company, right? Or the artificial <laughs> intelligence. It just wasn't, it wasn't available yet, especially for, for the islands to even, you know, create technology mm-hmm. like that. Well, I mean, so, I mean, technology has always been something that um, we have endeavored to keep up with, but obviously, you know, mm-hmm. the, the whole world moves so quickly. Right. right now in Jamaica, I know that, I don't believe that we have 5G yet. Um, that may be my ignorance, but I don't believe we have that yet. I think maybe it's rolling out. Right now, I work with 3G. But um, in terms of connectivity, that is something that we've always had an issue with in terms of inter-island because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not all the islands have had very good um, connections, which is why in our earlier days, we were really pushing to expand our physical presence in these other islands because right. the technology was not allowing us to do what we're doing right now. And so I do think things are getting better. Um, little pockets in some islands may not be doing so well, but I think right now, based on what we're seeing, we're not having a problem. It could be better, but yeah, we've definitely improved over the years. And so our outlook has shifted quite a bit considering we're ready to you know, expand into these islands physically. And now we can stay here in Jamaica at our headquarters and still deliver a stellar program to entrepreneurs in the Caribbean. So technology has been improving. There's always room for improvement though. I wanted to go jump way back for a second here for your okay. time in South Korea. And what that year was like, uh, I imagine, I imagine it's a bit of a culture shock just to that flight alone is so brutal. Yeah, like, that's oh probably God. like 14 hours, something crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, I just can't imagine like getting off. You just like, I need to sleep for a day first before I even. So was it, was it a university program? Was it, you were going there for a certain reason or did you just go because you wanted to explore? Well, okay, so I, <laughs> I know, right? I, I really went there because I wanted to explore. So when I came home, I was like, oh, I'm home. Yes, I'm happy to be home. But you know what? I really want some adventure. So I was just looking all over the place. What could I do? And I found this teaching opportunity. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. what a lot of people go over there and Japan to do. So I went over there as an English teacher. And yeah, it was a shock for me because I think I would have been about 20. 22 at the time and I had I was about 22 at the time and I just left my home my family um my dogs which I love dearly and I took this flight over there I had no idea who I was going to that was you know I had to have been young to do that I swear I had no idea who I was going to and I got over there and yeah it was a shock to me because I didn't speak the language right and um just trying to make your way but you know what i really loved it over there i absolutely loved the food the food is amazing i to this day i still crave korean food the people (laughs) were very nice um and it was interesting because i was working with children you know and children are just such amazing beings because they're just so honest right (laughs) yeah they don't have any filter they don't have any filter right so they have no filter and it was just 
it was great to bring my culture there because they were very interested in where I was from. And at the time when I went, Usain Bolt had just emerged. Right. Wow. And yeah. so people were talking about Usain Bolt. And so, so I had something that, you know, I could talk about over there. But it was a great experience. It was certainly different. I'm so glad for it because I think it stretched me, you know, allowed me to step outside of my comfort zone and grow and so yeah i absolutely loved that experience while i was there i just i would continue to adventure i would just jump on a bus and i'd go right. to osan and seoul i was in Jeonju, um which is further south than the capital seoul so i would just explore um south korea while i was there and it's beautiful you know the the food is amazing, as I said before. I love food. The palaces, the palaces were just, it was really great. And I, while I was there, my family came and visited me. And oh, it was that's a great, great experience. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And so I'm happy I did that at that yeah. time because now, you know, I'm settled here in Jamaica at home. And I'm sure I'll explore again. Adventure will will call my name again. <laughs> I'll have more people to take with me with my children and husband. But yeah. Well, I, I usually like to, to end on a question about the future. And I know right now it's it's tough to even know what next week will, will hold, right? For right. for everybody. So it's a tougher question now to ask, but maybe maybe before all this happened and maybe hopefully things won't change too too much after we kinda of get back up and going on the islands at least. What do the next maybe like three years look like for you in the center? Like what what are some of the big goals that are being set or, or just yeah. maybe ideas that are being approached from, uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's good because there's power and sort of, you almost have like the islands is like your own team, right? You kind of have this, it's a small, you know, it's a small area like Jamaica, but then you also have all these little islands. So together it's yeah. like its own country, right? There's yeah. so many different things. So there's, there's probably so many cool things that the next three to five years will will behold but like what are some of the things you guys are thinking about at the center on how to to grow and, and scale the center up in itself yeah thanks that's a great question i mean and as you said that i mean everything that we've been talking about is you know what the center is right now and while we go through this pandemic we are shifting and the truth yeah. is that our entrepreneurs are being impacted by this virus, their businesses are losing revenue. People yeah. are laying off employees. So we are shifting the, our approach to support them with more resilience and recovery. So right now I see within the next year that the center is going to very much shift to support our entrepreneurs with recovery and resilience planning um, mm, so that yeah, we can yeah. grow and build. You know, I, I don't think that we're going to see more entrepreneurs ready to necessarily scale businesses as we thought before. So right. I think that we will shift and that we will have to respond to, to our clients' needs. And that's what I'm seeing right now, doing that shift. And hopefully we can get back to where we were before and economies will be back and booming but i think we have a few years of recovery ahead of us yeah i agree unfortunately yeah. it's uh it's going to be tough for for a lot of a lot of founders and just people in general obviously what is obviously i don't i don't know how the mm -hmm. government works there but like here in america like the government is trying to like like help like you know give these 
you don't have to pay back these loans, right? To small business to basically trying right. to give like cash injections into, you know, small businesses specifically. Is there anything like that in, in Jamaica or the Caribbean islands that's happening where it's like the governments are trying to like, cause to no fault of, of these founders, right. right? Like they, are there any type of plans being put in place where the government can try to help these small businesses like keep their people hired or give them grants to where they don't have to pay anything back if, you know, if they keep their, um, their employees on, like, is there, is there anything that's going on like that, that you're aware of? Absolutely. There are, and which is really great. And I, you know, I would say that our Jamaican government has been responding in my opinion, really well to this pandemic on several, in several fronts, but from an entrepreneur standpoint between the government and our private sector organization, they've been doing a lot with the financial institutions who are offering moratoriums and, you know, loan holidays and reduced, um, reduced interest and a lot of different plans that are being rolled out to support entrepreneurs and their businesses, as well as relief for um, persons who lose their jobs and relief for organizations that are um, laying off employees. So there are packages that are being put together and our entrepreneurs are actively looking at these options. And I hope that more continue to present themselves here. But yes, I think that our Financial institutions are responding, our government is responding, as so as the private sector. So, yeah, those are those things are happening here in Jamaica as well. Probably not on the same level as it would in the in the United States, because you know we have a totally different economy here and capabilities. But people are getting some reprieve. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lorianne. It's uh, I, I love sort of entrepreneurship and social entrepreneurship, yeah. but then I also love the Caribbean. So, like this yeah. is. Right up my right up my alley. So it's it's great to hear what's going on sort of in that area of the world that's uh I think honestly just really beloved by everybody. I don't know anybody that has anything bad about to say about the Caribbean. So uh, you know, obviously best of luck going forward. I mean, I think we're all gonna deal with some rocky rocky journey here <laughs> coming up yeah. the next few months and, and, and maybe a couple of years but uh but thanks for all the work that you're doing and and tell everybody there that uh that it's it's amazing uh what they're doing and, and hopefully they can stay motivated and stay inspired to to keep creating amazing things thank you so much grant i really appreciate it. this is a great conversation i love talking to you about all of this